together to worship the Lord for all that he is and what he has done through, uh, to, uh, for us in his son, Jesus Christ. Um, as we begin our time of worship today, we do have a few announcements. Um, please hang on, there's going to be a few of them. Uh, the first announcement is for the youth retreat at Stonewater Ridge. It will be from January 24th through the 26th. Uh, there will be encouraging messages. Uh, there will be a trip to Leavenworth. And from what I'm hearing, probably a little bit of snow. If you would like more information, please see Ben Miller. I saw him earlier today. I do know he's here. Um, and over the break, we had a couple of time changes. Um, Men's Fellowship will be starting at 7 o'clock on Tuesday mornings. And the Wednesday prayer time will be taking place at 5 p.m. Uh, for life groups, uh, each of our groups has started reading a book on prayer by O. Hallisby. And these groups meet in different homes at different times of the week. And there is a list at the Welcome Center. And if you're interested about when these groups meet or when they meet, uh, please make sure you grab one of those uh, pieces of paper outside. During the weekend of February 28th through March 1st, there is the lead retreat uh, held by the churches in our area. Uh, please look at the bulletin insert for more information. Um, the speaker this year is Pastor Nick Mundus. He is um, the new North American Mission Director for our denomination. Uh, if you have any more information, uh, you need any information, please see the bulletin insert. Um, and lastly, some of you may have heard um, we might be experiencing um, some white things falling out of the sky this week. Yes, snow. That, that's exactly right. Thank you. Um, so what does this mean? Um, as of right now, we can't tell you. Uh, this might mean that the cold well, well, weather shelter may be using the building. Uh, they use it when it gets down to 34 degrees. Uh, will it mean, what will it mean for worship next Sunday, or even our midweek activities? Um, as of yet, we don't know either. Um, but there will be a message on the church's voicemail. Uh, there will be an email uh, that's entitled News and Announcements, um, and it will be posted on the website if something is canceled. But as of right now, it's not canceled. So please on be please on uh, yeah that too. Please plan on being here for those activities. All right, um, let's pray together as we enter our time of worship. Father in heaven, we we praise you and we thank you for this time that we may gather together to praise you, to thank you for all that you are, and all that you've done for us in your Son Jesus Christ. Father, as we enter this time of worship, Father, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, that we might grow in knowledge and understanding of who you are and the meaning that you bring to our lives. Father, we pray that everything that takes place this morning would be done in a way that is honoring and pleasing to you, that people would experience worship in spirit and truth. So, Father, we pray that you would bless our time together this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
songs for sight Did darkness turn to light Angels condemned and dying Were precious in His sight Hail to the Lord's anointed Great David's greater Son Reign on earth begun. His reign on earth begun. He shall come down like flowers upon the fruitful earth. Love, joy, and hope like flowers spring in his path to the shall never his covenant remove his joy shall stand forever that name to us is Be seated. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forests bare, and in his temple all cry, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts.
brought this soul of mine and visited with your own utter glowing. Oh, comforter, draw near within my heart appear and kindle it your holy and ashes in its consuming and let your glorious light shine ever on my side and make my pathway clear by your Charity, mine outward measures me, and loneliness become mine. surpass the power of human telling for none can guess its grace till we become the place in which the Holy Spirit makes his
Let's stand together. As we gather to receive the Lord's gifts in this service, let us humble ourselves before the Lord and confess our sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Most merciful God, we confess that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. standing as uh, together we uh, look at our gospel lesson. Our gospel lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 3, beginning with the 13th verse. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when John, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom 
I am well pleased. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunity that you've given to us to gather together with your people. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this service in which you speak to us. Thank you for the service in which you promise to be present with us. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just pray that uh, as we open your word today, that your word would penetrate our hearts and that our hearts would be transformed uh, through this message today. Thank you for sending Jesus, and I thank you uh, that uh, Jesus is uh, our substitute. He came to fulfill for us everything that we could never accomplish on our own. So thank you for the salvation you've given to us. And I pray now that you would just simply give us the ability to hear this message in such a way that we would be changed by it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This Sunday is the baptism of our Lord. It's the day in the church year in which we remember uh, Jesus' baptism. Church calendar is very interesting. It begins four weeks uh, before Christmas, and then when we hit Christmas, we really uh, follow the life of Jesus almost in real time, and uh, we come now to that part of Jesus' ministry where he is baptized, and that probably raises a lot of questions in our minds, and I remember when I was a teenager and I first started reading the New Testament and I came to Jesus' baptism, it just confused me. Why would Jesus be baptized? Why does he need baptism? So this is what we're going to look at today. We're consider Jesus' baptism. And as we consider Jesus' baptism, I'm going to unpack for you some, some pretty deep theological stuff here. Uh, we, we, we have to remember that Jesus came as our substitute. He came as our substitute. Did you know that Jesus is your substitute? He's the one who came to accomplish for you everything that you could not accomplish on your own. He stepped into our shoes. He stepped into our world. And he fulfilled everything for us that we could never fulfill for ourselves, for the forgiveness of sins, and for eternal life. Uh, there's freedom in admitting that you don't have what it takes to accomplish something. There's great freedom in just admitting, you know what, I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. But there's infinite freedom in knowing that Jesus lived to accomplish for you what you could never accomplish. This is what we would call the sort of the substitutionary work of Jesus. And it started at his baptism because Jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness on our behalf. So Jesus, our substitute. Some of you remember substitute teachers growing up. I remember substitute teachers. But substitute teachers never did my work for me. Wouldn't it have been great to have a substitute teacher who came into class and did your work for you? Erased your bad grade and gave you an A? Wouldn't that be nice? Some of you remember substitute teachers. I was, uh, when I was writing this sermon, I was actually sick, so I was sitting at the dining room table, and I was like, I need some good ideas for my sermon, so I said, I'll ask my kids. So I asked my, my kids, did you guys uh, ever have substitute teachers? And then Kaylee says, yeah. So this is, my, my, this is actually a quote, word for word, from my daughter. 
Kaylee says, I love substitute teachers because they don't know what they're supposed to do. <laughs> and she says they're really funny to watch. She says they let you sit wherever you want, and they're nice. So if you are a substitute teacher, there's some good news in here for you. Oh, and they let you chew gum in class, she said. And they really don't know how to teach the math lesson, so they just gave up, she said. Well, Jesus came as your substitute, but he wasn't that type of substitute. Jesus knew what he was doing, and he accomplished everything perfectly for you. So literally, your substitute. He came to walk in your shoes. He came to accomplish for you what you could never accomplish on your own. So the gospel, the gospel, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is Jesus doing, doing for you that which you could never do for yourself. That is living a holy life, a perfectly sinless life, and dying in our place for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. So practically, are you living in that reality? Are you living in that reality today? That everything is accomplished for you. There is power in trusting in the reality of the gospel. It brings freedom. Knowing, you know, I, I cannot live the holy life that God wants me to live. But Jesus came in my stead, in my person. And he fulfilled and accomplished for me what I could never accomplish. So Jesus, your substitute. Jesus, who came for you, stepped into your shoes and fulfilled all righteousness on your behalf. So Jesus was baptized. And Jesus' baptism demonstrated the substitutionary nature of his ministry. Jesus stepped down into the waters of the River Jordan to receive, to receive a sinner's baptism. A sinner's baptism. At the end of his ministry, he went to the cross, and there he received a sinner's death and a baptism of blood. So Jesus stepped down into the waters of the River Jordan to receive a sinner's baptism. In that, he demonstrated his solidarity with sinful humanity. In other words, Jesus was saying, I stand shoulder to shoulder with sinners. Jesus said, I did not come for the righteous, but for sinners. He didn't come for those who've got it all together. He came for those who need a savior. So today you can know that Jesus stands with you. Moreover, he takes your place, receiving a sinner's baptism as your substitute. But Jesus wasn't a sinner. We know that. He was tempted in every way we are, the Bible says, but he did not sin. Jesus never sinned once. He never sinned in thought, in word, or in deed. Yet he stepped into the waters of baptism. And John the Baptist knew this about Jesus. John knew who Jesus was, and that comes out in our gospel reading today. John recognized that he was not worthy even to stoop down and to untie Jesus' sandals. John recognized that, that he must decrease 
that he must decrease and and that Jesus must increase. John baptized, baptized people as a sign of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And so John said to Jesus, he says, Jesus, I need to, to be baptized by you because I'm the sinner, yet you, you come to me to be baptized by me? Jesus says, baptize me because I'm going to be baptized along with every sinner to fulfill all righteousness on behalf of sinful humanity. So Jesus underwent John's baptism, the same as that of sinners, in order to affirm his identity with sinners and to provide them with his perfect righteousness. And Luther says, Christ accepted baptism from John for the reason that he was entering into our stead, indeed our person, that is becoming a sinner for us, taking upon himself the sins which he had not committed, wiping them out and drowning them in his holy baptism. Jesus came for you to fulfill for you what you could never do for yourself. So the gospel is Jesus doing the work, finishing the work, and giving you what you need for the forgiveness of sins and salvation. The best verse I know that teaches the truth of Jesus' substitutionary nature, his death and his resurrection, is 1 Corinthians 5.21. In 1 Corinthians 5.21, it says this, God made him, that is Jesus, who had no sin, To be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He who knew no sin became sin for you. He took on your sin, so that in him you would become the righteousness of God. So church, I declare to you today, it is finished. It is finished. Jesus came. And he did for you what you could never do for yourself. We don't do good works to earn God's favor. We don't do good works to earn forgiveness or grace or mercy. Jesus already earned our forgiveness in his perfect obedience to the Father. So then we ask the question, why good works? Probably remember growing up in Sunday school and confirmation, you were taught the commandments, right? If you grew up in church, if you were part of that. Yeah, why do we do good works then? If Jesus did everything for us, which was necessary for our salvation, why the commandments? Why good works? If we cannot earn salvation by our own works, then why do we do good works? Well, we know that we don't do good works to earn salvation. God doesn't need your good works. He doesn't need your good works. Actually, God needs nothing from you. He needs nothing from you. He needs nothing from me. He is completely and totally sufficient in and of himself apart from us. So God doesn't need our good works. 
What Luther said is this. He says, God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. Your neighbor needs good works. Your neighbor desperately needs your good works. So we do good works for the benefit of others. So I ask you this question, have you met your neighbors? Do you know your neighbor's needs? Have you offered to pray for your neighbors? Are you seeking ways to share Jesus with your neighbors? Do you see the connection here? Jesus entered into the waters of the Jordan to stand shoulder to shoulder with sinful humanity, sinful humanity that desperately needed the grace of God. He stepped into the waters of the river Jordan to demonstrate his solidarity with sinful humanity, to be baptized as our substitute to fulfill all righteousness. He entered into this world to save that which was lost. Should we not enter into our neighbor's world? Stand shoulder to shoulder with our neighbors. Know our neighbors. Know their needs. And bring them good news. Soon after Jesus was baptized, he began his public ministry of bringing the good news of the gospel to people. So in our baptismal lives... What follows our baptism is that we are called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. To follow in his footsteps. To be the light of the world. To be those that bring good news and good works to those who are desperately in need. You don't have to go far to find needs. Right in our own sanctuary today are those in need. God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. Your neighbor does. How do we know that Jesus was qualified to do all of this for us? How do we know he was really the one, the one qualified to be our substitute and to win salvation for us? Well, Jesus' ministry and his identity were confirmed by the presence of the one true God, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't know if you noticed it or not, that when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son with whom I am well pleased. All three persons of the Trinity were present at Jesus' baptism. The voice of the Father, the baptism of the Son, and the Holy Spirit descending as a dove. The Bible teaches that there's one God, there's one God, in three distinct persons. Each person of the Trinity is ascribed divinity. How do we deal with this? Well, we confess that there's one God, eternally existing in three persons, in one divine essence, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit brain explosion. Try to talk about the Trinity with, with kids and man, it's, it's a hard thing to do. 
But here God is, the one true God, confirming that Jesus is the one. Our minds can't wrap around this whole thing. Jesus baptized for us. God present there. One God, three persons. But isn't this the nature of God? That God is transcendent. We can't fully grasp the nature of God. If we could fully grasp the nature of God, He wouldn't be God. If we could explain everything there was about God, then then he wouldn't truly be God. The reality of God's being and the reality of God's ways of dealing with his creation are beyond our ability to understand. If all this divine data could be downloaded into our brains, our heads would explode. Jesus becomes a human being, God in human flesh. God taking on the sins of the world. God in three persons, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mind-blowing. What we can confess with confidence is this. One God, eternally existing in three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Son entered into this world. The Son entered into this world for you to take your sins, to give you forgiveness so that you could be with him for all of eternity. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. The father was pleased with the son. Is God pleased with you? Is he pleased with you? Here's the good news that I bring to you today. Those of you who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in Jesus, God is pleased with you. Not because of your good works. Not because of your devotion. Not because of anything that you've done. God is pleased with you because of his son, Jesus Christ. The only way to live in God's favor is to be in Christ And when your life is hid with Christ, God is pleased with you. Because he cannot see your sin. He cannot see your failure. All he sees when you're hid with God in Christ Jesus is the very righteousness of Jesus given to you. The Apostle Paul said it this way. His desire was this. He said that he desires to be be found In Christ. I hope that's your desire today too, to be found in Him. So he says, to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. In other words, I want to be found in Christ. Trusting in him, believing in him, believing in what he did for me in his earthly life, in his death and in his resurrection for my salvation. That's where I want to be found. That's where I want to be found. I pray that that's where you desire to be found too, is in Christ. So I ask today, are you trusting in Christ? You trusting in the gospel?
Are you trusting in the one who came and did for you that which you could never do for yourselves? Do you believe that Jesus is your substitute? You see, there's freedom. There's freedom in admitting that you don't have what it takes to accomplish something. When I was youth director in Marysville, the main bearings on my Jeep Cherokee went out. I don't know if you've ever had that experience before, when your engine just goes out on you. So at that time, I was trying to fix everything myself. So I I went to the auto parts store and I ordered an engine rebuild kit. I got everything I needed to rebuild that engine. But then a, a light went off in my head and before I applied a single wrench to that truck, I came to the realization that I didn't have what it takes to rebuild that engine, to make that engine new again. So that's when I called Don. And Don was a part of our church in Marysville for a a time. He was a convicted felon. He was just out of prison. He was a recovering heroin addict. But Don knew cars. He knew how to rebuild engines. And uh, to my surprise, he was happy to help me out. And so Don didn't have a license, so I went and picked him up and got him, brought him place and spent two days rebuilding that engine. If it wasn't for him, I never would have been able to do it on my own. You see, they didn't have YouTube back then. See, there, there, there was great freedom in, in letting go and letting Don do for me that which I could never do for myself. There is infinite freedom in knowing that Jesus came to accomplish for you what you could never accomplish on your own. That is what the ministry of Jesus is about. Trust in him. Believe in him. Find your freedom in him alone. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for all that you've done. We thank you, Lord, that you went down into the waters of the River Jordan. Thank you, Lord, that you stood shoulder to shoulder with us. Lord, we thank you that you underwent the baptism of a sinner to show that you lived as our substitute and died as our substitute to give to us the forgiveness of sins in everlasting life. Help us to experience the freedom that is given in the gospel, that we would know that we are right with you, not because of what we have done, but because of what you have accomplished. And may that freedom then cause us to go to our neighbors, and to serve our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please stand as we sing together hymn number 689, The Church's One Foundation.